We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Roto Grinders NBA Morning Grind. The band is back together for another episode with some NBA talk. I am your host, Justin Carlucci, with my co-host here, the Chief Will Priester. What's going on, my man? It's been a couple days. How goes it? Oh, not very good, man. It's a rough night tonight, folks. I mean, I've probably been ranting uh to luch for probably i would say 20 minutes i mean a strong rant too i mean i've talked about it all from bad dfs performances to coaches getting fired that should not have been fired uh, a long history of this i mean i even went back to the vinnie del negro days uh it's it's ugly man like i i don't know what why can't karis LeVert get some consistency with this pacers team in a spot against the Kings of all people. And look, Indiana's defense has been god awful. Like I'm not, I'm not gonna try to mince that. I've been attacking Indiana uh a, a great deal this season. But if you would have told me today that there was no Brogdon and no Jeremy Lamb and no Miles Turner, that uh our good friend and sometimes not so good friend Karis Levert would be sitting at 15 fantasy points in the fourth quarter on FanDuel, I would have taken a pie and thrown it in your face and laughed. I would have said, there's no way. Well, where there's a Levert, there's a way. Where there's a Karras, there's a way. And where there's a bad coach, there's a way. Uh, th- this is insane. I, I and, and, and Sabonis isn't doing much better. I mean, he's got 30 fantasy points. And maybe he squeaks out at 40. But this team is down 19 points. I think they can fight back and, and get in this game. The problem is they've been so bad here tonight, just so bad. How do you go from hanging in there with Washington in, in what is considered to be a comparable spot and uh, just just wet the bed? I mean, these guys have got on Huggies diapers right now. They're playing like babies. I don't I don't understand this at all. Um, 
look, guys, I don't win every night. Like I'll I'll be the first to tell you, I I just don't do it. And I hate to just, man, lead off the pod with so much negativity. We're going to get this thing turned around on a positive note. But please just give me this rant. Once again, Justin, I get burned by the injury bug. Kevin Porter Jr. goes down in the third, stuck at 22 fantasy points. I mean, I'm a good person. God, what did I do to deserve this? You know, (laughs) I I feed the homeless. I'll give someone the clothes off my back. I'm nice to kids. What, What in the world? did I do to deserve these performances at, at any rate, uh, bubble brothers podcast is back. We're live. Uh, it's going to be a fun pod. If you can't tell, um, I'm gonna have to, I don't know, go and, go grab me some water, get me some uh, fruit snacks, possibly a rice crispy treat, something to lift my spirits because this slate, <sighs> it was a doozy. I hear you, pal. I hear you. I did some MME builds as I was home tonight. Locked in Karis LeVert. <laughs> so you did my my ranting for me. Sacramento? What else do we have to say? We know the matchup. We know the insane usage bump. And I was a little frustrated, and I said to you, I always, I'm making the wrong decisions lately. And you said, Luch, playing Karis LeVert with a monster usage bump against the Kings, you both know we play him 12 out of 10 times in this situation. And that's why we play the game, my friends. There's a range of outcomes. Nobody's a slam dunk. Because let me tell you, I played MLB too, and I've been having some success at MLB. And I pitched Shane Bieber tonight. He gave up three, like 90 pitches in five innings. You know, he's just not himself, so. You'll have these nights in DFS, my friends, and it uh, sucks for me. My builds are really good. We'll wrap up our sob stories here. I'll pass the tissues back over to the Chief, and we'll wrap it up here. But, yeah, I mean, I had some killer builds myself, and then I see under 20 from Karis LeVert. I mean, I'm overweight on everyone. That's contrarian. That's hooping. I mean, Jokic came in at 4%. I had about 15 to 20% of Jokic, but I know I have Karis LeVert in every single one of those lineups, Chief. We didn't even mention that he had 40 fans points in the first quarter. We just 40. Saw, yeah, 40. That's late-season NBA for you, folks. That's late-season NBA. Um, Listen, man. It is what it is. I- and look, I, I'm playing single entry, so I understand that, you know, my my room for or my wiggle room for errors are, are very far few in between. But when I've got DeLon Wright, who's very high on that 54 fantasy points, played R.J. Hampton, he got 36. You know, Kenya Martin Jr., look, these are chalky plays, but you, you were going to need him. He's got 38. Played Mo Bamba today. Uh, he's got 56. Well, all these guys are are playing well. I just... I just needed Levert to get 45 and Sabonis to hit 60. And I would have just kind of hung around. I wasn't going to win at those scores, but I would have hung around and made some good money. And now I'm looking at it. I'm like, man, I, I, I'm, I may not profit at all. This may get really ugly really quick. When earlier tonight I was thinking I was going to be, you know, possibly posting scores in the three eighties and three nineties. And now I'm down to the three sixties, three sixty might not cut it on this slate loots. You might be outside of the cash line with the 360 on FanDuel. At any rate, folks, listen, I'm, I'm not going to – I'm going to try not to complain anymore. 
Uh, Russell Westbrook's at 60 and with 10 minutes left in the fourth. So looks like his 70 point streak is going to uh, stretch into the next game. Terrence Davis, you mentioned your boy Terrence Davis. I think when we were offline, he's got 30 right now. Uh, more than Karis Levert, he was 3,800. What is the world coming to Utah up on San Antonio, 66 to 40 in the second quarter? Uh, man, it's just whew, rough slate, man. It's rough late slate. NBA, man. That's it. You know, all the value in the world opens up. All the Rockets sat last last night or tonight, whatever you want to call it. On, on Wednesday, all the Rockets sat. You're going to have that. You're going to need 400 plus takedown GPPs most of the times, which is just crazy. But it is what it is. You know what you're signing up for playing late season NBA. We're going to do our best to help you out. If you're sick of figuring out salaries and all this fun stuff late in the season, I suggest you go check out Superdraft, promo code GRINDERS, G-R-I-N-D-E-R-S. Really cool aspect they're bringing to the industry with their multipliers instead of salary. You can play whoever you want. There is no cap on salary. And they're running an NBA free roll on Thursday. Uh, and it's in championship mode on on Super Draft, which is their version of single game mode. So there's a free roll for the Nets Mavs game, which is a uh, 7:30 Eastern. It's a five entry max with 3,000 entries, and uh, yeah, I think it, lo- it looks like a $2,500 prize pool. So uh, definitely worth it. Get on over there, sign up for Super Draft promo code Grinders. There might be something waiting for you over there. And uh, by the way, it's Cinco de Mayo. So hope you guys had some fun. We'll talk food today at the end here. But Chief, you're not going to be with me on Thursday. I know you have bigger and better plans. We're going to have Dre fill in for you for Friday morning's podcast. So Chicago and Charlotte is the first game. So talk to me a little bit about this one. And what are you doing on Thursday? First of all, I will be in attendance. And it's going to be live. So, ladies and gentlemen, you already know what time it is. Uh, there are some good games on this slate. No way I don't go into town and don't stack this Charlotte game. Uh, Zach Levine, scheduled to be back. He is now probable coming off the COVID list. Now on FanDuel, he's 9400 Not thrilled about those prices because he's missed, you know, a, a plethora of games. But uh, he will be back in the building uh, Nikola Vucevic is probable as well. He's 9K on FanDuel. I do like that price. He only missed two games. I think this could be a really big game for him against Charlotte. And then you go over to the Charlotte side, and, I mean, everybody's pretty much out again. I looked at the injury report. We've got uh, Devontae Graham, of course. He's, he's doubtful. Uh, Miles Bridges is out. Gordon Hayward is out. Cody Martin is out. We will have PJ Washington back uh, in the building for that game. Even still, I still like the guard play. Uh, PJ being back will help because, you know, we know he's probably going to get primarily most of the center minutes. Uh, we do know that also Mr. Martin had a big game. He's, he's priced up to 5K now. Uh, we got zero chance to get another freebie there. So at 5K, really got to think about it. I talked about Malik Monk the other night. Uh, he only played 18 minutes, you know, very minuscule fantasy points, but I'm still a believer in him with all these guards out. Uh, he could definitely uh, catch fire here. And then, you know, we had Bismack Biombo who played, you know, 24 minutes, 14 fantasy points. Cody Zeller played 17 minutes, put up 24. But once again, like I'm telling you, you can't play Bismack. You can't play Cody, especially – with P.J. Washington being back in the building. He's probably going to play 35 minutes here. Uh, So I'm really excited 
uh, you guys know what time it is. Never go into the arena and don't stack the game. Yeah, man. Is this one of the first events you've been at since uh, you know the pandemic? Yeah, this is definitely um, will be one of the uh, one of the first. I've got a local, uh, and, and not to hop on to, to baseball too much, but I've got a local minor league team here, the Charleston River Dogs, that I will be going to see as well. I I just like to go out there for the fun of it, man. Watch a little baseball, uh, you know. Grab me some peanuts and cracker jacks. You know, root for the home team. If they don't win, it's a shame. One, two, three strikes, you're out of the old ball game. They typically uh, crack fireworks at that game. Uh, You know, I always want to grab a hot dog. I want to grab a few goodies. Take my baseball mitt out there. Catch a baseball on a a fly uh, or a a pop out, anything like that. I just, I, I love the environment. It's fun. It's local. Um, so that's where I'm at, but, but yeah, this will definitely be the, the first major one, uh, that I've been at. Uh, and so I will be masked up, uh, we'll have some, um, you know, I've gotten a little vaccine, so I I think we're going to be okay. Yeah, man, that sounds like a blast. So if you're playing some Hornets tomorrow, think of the chief and uh, we'll hold down the podcast without you. But hey, Lamelo Ball is priced up on DK. He's seventy nine hundred. Rozier seventy six hundred. That that's a pretty penny for sure. Here's the deal: Rozier played thirty nine minutes in that Detroit game. He just didn't get the point totals. I mean, I, I figured he'd score about twenty five. He ended up scoring eighteen, two rebounds, six assists. So, uh, you know. D- d- Oh, Rozier at this point with LaMelo back, he's got to get like 25 real points to hit some sort of a ceiling. So uh, I I still like Rozier in this spot. Um, I do have memories of Zach Levine hitting a, you know, a, a fall away, step back, three step, three pointer to burn us out of the building uh, with three seconds left last season. Uh, please, we cannot let Zach Levine do this to us again. We must win this game. Huh, yeah, it, it's, it should be a good one for sure. So anything else on this game? Who are you targeting? Anybody else at these price points you want to get into? I like Vooch at 9K. I can't play Levine. I'm, I'm sure he's not going to play as much. So uh, that's kind of where I'm going to be, man. Vooch, and, uh, and that's probably it. Yeah, makes makes perfect sense to me. Brooklyn Dallas, the super draft single game free roll special on Thursday. Hey, you got two teams that play zero defense. One team plays pretty fast, the other pro- plays fairly slow. Looks like Kyrie and Durant are both going to be active as of right now, anyway. So that always throws a wrench into some plans. Luca, hey, we know about Luca. We know what his upside is, and if you're going to hit it, it's in a matchup like this. Although over the last couple of months, we just haven't seen him getting there quite as much. Even on some nights when Porzingis is out, we haven't seen those automatic Luka 70 bombs that we were accustomed to seeing last season. But here we are, and this is going to be an attractive game with a pretty high total. So where are you looking first here? Uh, Well, I mean, on the Brooklyn side, I mean, Kevin Durant is, you know, continuing to be Kevin Durant. He's now 10,600. And so, you know, he has, excuse me, I'm so sorry for the yawn, guys. 
he has been showing upside here recently. I mean, 39 minutes, 40 minutes in the last two games. That's something that, that I'm most excited about. The minutes are up, which means he's, his production is going to be up. Uh, I do think they can take care of business with Dallas here. Please don't struggle with Dallas, uh, Brooklyn. Go ahead and take care of business here and get out of Dodge. Um, but it's definitely only Kyrie or, or Durant. I think those are the only guys you can play from Brooklyn. Kyrie's 9,900. Durant is 10,6. At 9,900, I, I can't play Kyrie at that price. I, I just can't do it. Um, I don't I don't dislike Kyrie as a player, and he's got upside. Clearly, as we saw in the last game, he's got upside, but I just can't do it. On the Dallas side, Luka's 10,9. Um, I'm not playing Luka on this slate. I'm just I'm just not doing it. Like his upside really hasn't been there this season. Luca really should be about around 9,500 at this point. Like we're just paying for the name value with Luca because the upside overall hasn't been there. I, I, I would go out to venture to say out of the last 20 games, Luca scored 50 fantasy points, maybe five times, maybe. And I could be wrong about that. I mean, he had a 74 spot. Let's see. Well, there it is. I guess I'm wrong. But uh, at any rate, 42, 46, 74 was a big one against Washington, 57 against Golden State, 41, 41, 56, 58, 60, 60, 54, 44, 41, 50, 42, 49, 46, 44, 45, 42. You get my drift. You know, he's been a mid-40s player most of the season. And maybe saying 9,500 is too low. Maybe let's just go a 10K flat and just keep him there. But overall, you know, I don't I don't think we've seen enough upside for it to warrant the value. Like Russell Westbrook's out here scoring 55 to 70 a night right now. He's 11 K Lucas 10, nine. What does that tell you? Not, not priced properly. So, uh, and, and I don't, I don't really want to play anybody else from Dallas. Tim Hardaway, six K on this slate. Uh, Jalen, I, I just, I can't do it. Uh, I, I don't want to play anyone. Well, on DK, I'm interested in Dwight Powell shares and that's never comforting. So keep in mind guys, He's about as volatile as it gets because he'll shoot no more than three or four times a game. I mean, looking at his game log, he has one game with double-digit shot attempts, which is an anomaly. But, hey, last couple of games, he's got some burn because Maxi Kleber's out. Porzingis is also out. Played 20 minutes against Sacramento, had 13 points, seven boards, three blocks, two steals. 29 minutes against Miami, seven points, 10 rebounds, three assists, two blocks, three steals. So, you know, you're going to need some of those garbage points, but he's one of those active players, you know, much like DeLon Wright is when he gets some run. We talked about it. You know, we said, hey, he had like eight steals and blocks on Tuesday. Then Wednesday he added six more steals. But, you know, maybe it's a little a little much, but, you know, you're expecting a guy like that to kind of get some trash points. So, you know, Dwight Powell, although he doesn't shoot the ball much, although it's a little bit scary, this is an ideal matchup if you think, you know, Dallas can hang with Brooklyn for three quarters or so because he's going to rebound. Brooklyn doesn't rebound well. He could get some easy cleanup points. So I think Dwight Powell is very interesting on DraftKings at 3,500, where you're not only committed to him only at center. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I totally get that. Yeah, definitely on FanDuel at 49. I don't think we want to do wow. that. Big uh, price discrepancy there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but we've got some other guys. Now, look, Dwight Powell may, in fact – be the guy you want to get in if you want to play some of these other higher-end guys. But I think there are guys like Kim Birch that we may like a little bit more, maybe, because we feel a little bit more safe. Uh, but but I don't hate it. I mean, you know, it's it's definitely within the realm of possibility for him to really get some things done here. Yeah, I'm with you on that. 
But yeah, I mean, if we're talking Brooklyn studs, and I'm sure this will be a question floating around on Grinders Live or Crunch or whatever, you know, Irving or Durant. For me, it's Durant if I'm picking one. 9,900 on DK is KD, um, but I'm going to be awfully committed to that game. The good thing about Durant is we know the leash is off. You know, you look at that log. Look at that game log. He went from 28 to 33 minutes to 36 to 40 to 40. So if you like this game, I like Durant, and I don't mind playing some Dwight Powell with him on DK. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like I said, it's just Durant or Kyrie. That's it. Yep, let's hop over to the Wizards on the second leg of a back-to-back. So, Rui Hachimura is unlikely to play, which is pretty big news. It's pretty big news. And Westbrook just continues to be unbelievable. No one's throwing Westbrook's name in the MVP discussion, Chief. But he's back to putting up elite numbers. And the Wizards were a joke in the beginning of the year. Brad Beal coming out saying, we don't play any defense, we stink, etc. Many people thought the Wizards would blow it up. Russell Westbrook made this thing happen. Russell Westbrook took responsibility and backpacked this team. Russell Russell Westbrook is shooting the three ball well. Russell Westbrook is filling up the stat sheet much like he did in that MVP season. And you know what? We've seen him at ridiculous price points over the past couple of seasons. Eleven <laughs> K might be too cheap for him on DK. He he just might. He deserves that eleven five. He should be 12 by now. Like, seriously, we've seen Russell Westbrook had 20-plus rebounds and assists the other night. Uh, Russ has been over, over 70 fantasy points in the last three games. He's pushing 70 already tonight. He's probably going to get there, Luch. Last I checked, he had 66. I'm almost positive he's going over 70. If we don't see Russ at 12K the next game, what in the world are, are we doing here? Like, we've got to get him to 12K at this point and make us, make us uh, ha- have to make a decision. Now, guess what? Shame on me uh, for not investing in Russell Westbrook tonight and changing my lineup construction, but I don't care about that. R- Russ, is, Russ is big time. Um, anyway, against, against Toronto, I did want to call out these injuries because we've got OG Ananobi, who's doubtful. Chris Boucher is out. We've got Trent probable, Watanabe probable, Paul Watson out. Here's what I know about Toronto right now, Luch. No one is safe. At least two Raptors could be ruled out again tomorrow that we didn't anticipate. Could be Siakam, could be Lowry, could be Van Vliet. Van Vliet, Van Vliet pick played the last game. Siakam played the last game. I think Lowry was out. Any one of these guys, they could just say, ah, I don't want to play today, coach. You know, give me a break here. So I would be very careful if you're even interested in Toronto. But if these guys were to sit or a fair amount of them were to sit and Siakam was going to continue to play, I do like Siakam. I, I think he's been, you know, at 8,600 against Washington as long as they don't get blown out. I think he would be fine. Let's pardon the interruption from your regularly tuned Bubble Brothers breakdown here. Out of all the crazy scores we saw on – Wednesday night. What do you think's the craziest number you've seen? Don't look at don't look at the updates because I just want to see up until this point. Are, are you are you mean you mean fantasy scores? Yeah. I mean, I think the craziest one was Jokic at 40 in the first quarter. Like that that had to be like the one that just kind of took the cake. What about a 66 from Kelly Olenek? Oh. He went off in some trash time 
Yeah, that's that that's a big deal. That, wow. That's a big deal. Yeah, but Jokic is crazy because <laughs> you know what he has to do to be optimal now? He needs to go for like 80, which he might. Well, but but, but let's see. But see, okay, so see, now I got to bring this thing back full circle. So so hear me out, Luch, because, you know, I'm big on calculations and trying to make sure I put things in the right spot. So today I, I faded. And so Mo Bamba's 56 is pretty much equal to Kelly Olenek's 66 outside of 66 is more than 56, right? Because in terms of the point per dollar, Mo Bamba was 6,200 and Kelly O was 7,800 on FanDuel. So you get what I'm saying there, right? Like in just certain point per dollar, they're pretty similar in, in, in the output. My point is this, with, with the season on the line, one player can just wreck your lineup. Two, you're done. Three, forget about it, right? Forget about it. And I'm not, I'm not going to harp on this, but Karis LeVert ends the night at 23.1 fantasy points. By the way, I'm at 361. And so in my mind, I had Karis LeVert, LeVert projected for about 45-ish, right? I, f- I figured 45 was reasonable with upside for 55. So okay. you, let's, ju- let's okay. just say we add 20 more points. I'm at 381. Then add the extra two because I said 45, he's at 23, right? So I'd be at 383. And in my head, I had some bonus around 55 to 60, right? Nothing, nothing too crazy, but, you know, reasonable, 55 to 60. So let's just say I had him at 55. Remember, I'm at 383 at this point, 383. I take some bonus and give him 10 more points. He's at 53, so I'm, I'm at 393. And then let's just say we take the other two, so I'm at 395. Then here's the big one. Kevin Porter Jr. finishes the night at 22 fantasy points and left the game early third quarter. Now, maybe that affects Kelly O some. Maybe it affects Kenyon Martin Jr. some. It sure does. Right? It sure does. It affects because, everyone. Right, because Kenyon Martin Jr. went off for 45. So let's say, let's say I lose seven points from Kenyon Martin Jr., but I gain another 20 from Porter. I take that, and that puts me squarely over 400, which is what you need on these slates. I'm going to tell you right now, Luch, I'm going to finish tonight at 361, and I'm fully expecting to wake up with $0 earned off of a 361 because of how the slates have gone. It's just been insane, man. I I did that just to demonstrate, guys. Right now, you've got to be nailing almost every position. If you don't, forget it. Like, your night's over. You you have to, especially when the pricing's soft on top of value opening up after the pricing has been set. Yeah. I mean, FanDuel did nothing, fully knowing De'Aaron Fox has been out to to do anything in Delon Wright's salary, and that's that's terrible. It, it's terrible for it's terrible for DFS. Terrible. For, yeah. For, he was fifty two hundred. He could have at least been six K tonight, minimum. It, it's awful. It's terrible. Shame on them. Honestly, shame on them. Yeah. Um, so you got to make a decision. Either you go overweight or you don't play him because when a guy comes into 60%, it doesn't, it, it, that's what you have to do. And, and 70, 77 in certain single entry contests. And guess what? As I talked about earlier, it's the right play. The guy put up 60 with no, it's the right play. They're playing Indiana, no other point guards. You have to play him. Here's like, the thing. I, You're right. You're right. When I look into a player and I try to figure out, am I considering him? Upside-wise, I want at least six times value out of whatever that price tag is, at least. A couple of years ago, when there was more defense and, and scoring was different, 
you could play cash games and look for like a four and a half times, five times floor. And if you get that out of a guy, one of your guys in your lineup, you could get away with it and maybe cash double up or something like that. Five times value for tournaments does not cut it right now. So I look at a guy and I'm like, can he get me six? And can I imagine him getting seven plus? Like, is there any realm where I get seven or more? Seven times value or more. So you look at DeLon Wright and you're probably pissed off if you didn't play him because he had six steals in a block a night after he had four steals and four blocks. Okay. But, hey, but, go ahead. No, I, know you're, I know what conversation you're getting into, and I will let you have that. So that's 21 points. You take those 21 points away from his 59 FanDuel points, and he still has 38 FanDuel points, which is, bingo, well over seven times value. So anything after that, if, if you're telling me you didn't think DeLon Wright could hit 7x value at 5,200 tonight when he's getting 30-plus minutes with the usage, you got to reevaluate what you're doing. I get it. You want to fade him for game theory? Go for it. He's the wrong guy to fade at that price point. So talk to me about the price point. And talk to me about guys that are just active like that. Right. That that's all it is with Delon. He was fifty two hundred, uh, pretty much a must play. And I I know you know we'll get some people that say, oh, there's no such thing as a must play. I would I would disagree. And what I mean by that is when a guy's fifty two hundred and doesn't really have a backup, doesn't really have anyone to come in and take away from his usage, nothing like you have to play him. For instance. When all these guys from Houston, you have all these guys from Houston, they've got seven. Well, they have to have eight bodies to be active. They've got eight bodies, and you know the the main guys are going to play. You have to play them. Guess what? Tonight, there's no DJ Wilson. There's no Christian Wood. There's a, like, it's, it's just Kelly Olenek and Kenya Martin Jr., basically, that's really leading, heading up this front court. Like, they, they were they were exceptional plays. You know what I mean? Like, so so – that's what I'm saying. And so for me, price always drives the must play. Yes. We've De- DeLon Wright is a professional NBA player. We've seen him play several times. When he was in Detroit, he did the same thing. If he gets 30 to 35 minutes, he's going to crush for you because he's active. When he was in Toronto and he got minutes, he crushed for you because he's active. Now he's in Sacramento. He's a proven commodity. This isn't someone we're like, well, he's 5,200. Uh, I hope. I felt very comfortable locking him in today. Now, I also played R.J. Hampton. I did not feel as comfortable, but I went with the trend that he's playing 30-plus minutes now, and he's getting it done because of the limited bodies. Well, guess what? He got it done too. 5,700, 36 fantasy points. I'll take that every day of the week. But my point is, as, as Luke said, because he knows my argument and stances on this, okay, a guy gets seven or eight rebounds and puts up 60. Okay, take away the 21 points and then tell me what he had then. Luch already explained it, 38 fantasy points, and he was 5,200. You could take all of that away, and he's still borderline optimal. That's what we're talking about when we're saying, hey, must plays, minutes, usage. All these things go into those types of decisions. And they're not always right, but more oftentimes they are. Right. Here's the deal. As you can see earlier by the rent, and I specifically said this, I do not make money every night. Neither do I. No, whoever tells you they do is lying. The best players in the world do not. Right, right. But as as I as I do often always say, my process is sound enough to be profitable, and I just need to get lucky a couple times to make it to the top. Right, right. Skill is what keeps you profitable, folks. And I think this is I think this is a good segment because we're going to breeze through the rest of these games. Trust me, skill is what keeps you profitable. Luck is what gets you the 100K. And I'll tell anybody that in the industry, it takes a little bit of luck 
to get all the way to the top, especially in large field. And if I guess continue. what, it takes a little bit of luck to get there in small field too, especially if you're playing high stakes. Look, you know, we got to play hoop every night. We got to play Oswald every night. We got to play big Papa Gates every night. We got to play some E half every night. You know, we've got to play um, squirrel patrol. Yes. We got to play squirrel patrol every night. We got to play Dre every night. We got to play Christy every night. That's Creighton, by the way, Jersey 26 for Dre. Um, we got to play big T every night. These are all my friends. Don't, don't, you know, uh, my boy McJester, I don't see him in the streets as much, but if you've been in DFS long enough, you know about McJester in NBA, we got to, we got to play our kitty every night. We got to play McLovin every night. Listen, high stakes is no, it's no joke. So I'm telling you right now, even in high stakes is going to take a little bit of luck to get first, you know, several times, but if you're skilled enough, right, you can be profitable. And then you just need to hit, a few times, you know, a few times for the season, and you're right there. Listen, folks, and I, I know, and, and I'm sorry, man. I know I'm ranting, uh, loose. Just please give me. No, give this me 30, is what this is good stuff right here. Thirty more seconds. Thirty more seconds here. So look, because I, I, I know there are also people that say, well, if I could play in the sixteen hundred every night, shoot, I, I'd crush too because the sixteen hundred dollar lineup that takes down first, right, is is going to be a lot less points than the five dollar tournament. Here's the difference, though. When you get there, you're pretty much playing the best of the best. There's no room for error, right? Even though the scores may not be higher, it's typically two or three lineups. There's no room for error. I'm telling you, I'm there. I've been there. There's no room. We've got plenty of room for error when we can take, you know, uh, 20, 25 or $35 lineups and get really creative. But guess what? Long term, if we're just kind of throwing something at a wall, hoping it sticks because we're just trying to be completely contrarian, that's not going to work in high stakes. You're going to go broke real fast. You know, I, I was talking to one of my friends and, you know, he was, I said, hey, think about it this way. If someone earns $100,000 tonight in the $5 contest because they got lucky, and played one lineup in the $5 and took down, well, it's 50K, but let's just say they took down 100K, Luch. And then they say in their mind, man, uh, I'm on a heater, right? And they say, well, let me go high stakes now. And then they bump up their play. Let's say they say, yeah, I'm, I'm going in at five grand. And they lose that night. What, what, what is their thought process? Oh, you know, I can do this. This is real easy playing. You know, it's a lot less lineups. I can, I can do this. And then they play another 5K and they go down. Now they've just lost 10% of their, their earnings that week. And then they do it again. They say, oh, yeah, yeah I, I can do it. I'll get it all back. And they play another 5K, another five. And then you go in the slump. And before you know it, you're like, wait a minute. This 100K that I had is dwindling down. I'm at 80K now. I'm at 75K. It's not easy in high stakes, folks. That's my point. Don't deceive yourselves. Stay in your lane. Don't get greedy, right? If you know this is what you're good at, stick to it until you know you're comfortable enough, right? Take care of your family. Pay off your debt. Pay off your house. Pay, pay off your cars. You, you get this type of windfall, 100K, put your taxes back. About 30 grand is probably what you're going to need, right? Take that 70K and say, okay, how can I set my future self up for success? Leave your 10K on there, 5K on there, and go to go back to work like you never wanted. And I'm not saying work like your job. I'm saying work in, D, in the DFS space. Don't overextend yourself until you know you're ready to go. Uh, man, good stuff here. Uh, back over to you, Luch. Well, a couple of things. Yes, the higher stakes, the better players. You'll see the same names. And I was impressed with 
the names you rattled off half the industry there was pretty good you know you get into people you know you labeled all the top plays that was awesome and i forgot my boy got jay because got jay's in there too you got the trey roberts the dan roses of the world you know all these guys too just uh gurus of the industry but so for example you get into the higher stakes you're gonna see more duped uh, lineups and you have to be slightly different people like for example the lawn right go check out the thunderdome five thousand dollar buy-in by the way was it fifty three hundred on dk that 60 percent the lawn right ownership he might have been 95 in the thunder you know you're going high stakes like you'll see the ownerships of the best plays get even higher and even higher and even higher and you know if you get if you win 100k you're like i'm gonna start playing the thunderdome every night what is that 18 entries for the thunderdome what is 18 entries in the grand scheme of things? You probably lose half of them if you never played high stakes before. So gradually work your way up to those stakes. Slow, like you said, slowly but surely because you need room to grow and reevaluate your process from time to time. As the rules change on DK and FanDuel, as the players adjust, they throw different things in there. You know, the rate gets higher as the sport itself changes. You know, we saw NBA just keeps getting more high scoring and high scoring every single season. So you have to reevaluate what you target players at certain price points and things like that. So you yeah. need to evolve as time goes on because it's never going to stop changing. The industry is always going to keep changing. And loose, just as an example, just, just as an example here. Okay. In the $5 on FanDuel, DeLon Wright is 63%, which is still really high, right? Really high for like for uh, a big field GP, uh, large field GPPs. Let's go up to some, some high stakes single entry. Take a stab at what DeLon Wright is. He sees 66% on, on the low st- on the uh, What st- contest are we talking here? Any high stakes single entry, 500, 200, 100. Uh, okay, 86%. Yeah, 84 and a half. There you go. You see, it's, it's like there's no room for error. We're not making those types of mistakes. And guess what? The guys that, that did it, they knew what they were doing. They said, well, let's, uh, let's just see. And the, and the rest of their lineup is still fine. I'm sure they probably got Westbrook. And I could go back and look at the entries. Not all chalk point. is bad. Can we shout that from the mountaintops? Like some chalk you need. Sometimes it's great yeah. to fade chalk when it when it sucks. And I do it, you know, different sports. I have different strategies. I'm more prone to fade chalk stacks in baseball. Obviously, you know, you're comparing apples to oranges there a little bit. But you, here's the thing. And when we talk about six to seven times value out of a guy, just to go back to DeLon Raid as our example, he's what, 62? Well, no, he's 5,200, which is ludicrous. On FanDuel. On FanDuel. Yeah. So six times value is 31.2 FanDuel points. So I like to say, do I think DeLon Raid could get six times value at 5,200, which is 31 fantasy points? In my mind, I say it without any garbage points. And to me, the luck sometimes the luckier stats are steals and blocks because things just happen sometimes i think yeah i think with the minutes you said he has no backup not only is he stealing backup minutes you're missing you're missing harrison barnes out of that starting lineup who isn't even at his position so there's even more usage and you're playing a team that struggle is is struggling mightily right now with the indiana pacers like we talked so i said yeah he can get 31 fantasy points without any garbage points, if you will, as I call steals and blocks. Hell, he could probably get seven times value without any. And if those answers are yes, I can get six to seven times value at that price point without any quote-unquote lucky stats, that's the guys you want to be targeting. Now, 
That being said, Karis LeVert had a lot going for him, including a fantastic matchup, and he sucked. But the whole team laid an egg, and the higher price tags, the riskier it is to lock a guy into 100 lineups. Cause, because yeah. you're going to need, what you know, say LeVert's 8K flat, six times value's 48. Wow. there it's, So it's a little riskier. However, I was in a situation where if all things went right, I thought he could hit a 60 bomb tonight in that matchup. And you know what? It just didn't happen. But if you get these cheap guys that are playing mega minutes and you think they get six to seven times value, and the answer is yes, those are guys you want to lock in first to your team. And it is what yeah. it is. For it is sure. That's fun. Yeah, that was that. That's this is the folks that might have been a rant, but I think that was very educational and informational. If you can take some of those nuggets, like I think that that can help you guys out in the long run, man. I listen, you know, when I was a young player, I took in a lot of nuggets, right? From just guys that I like, guys that I listen to, a lot of nuggets, and it's really helped it helped transform my career. I can't talk enough about, you know, uh, Roto Academy and all the videos I watched to get myself ready to go to become a professional. So, you know, if you guys are thinking about getting into this, having residual income, possibly doing it full time, possibly even coming to work with us at Roto Grinders, take it seriously. Invest in yourself, right? Do the things that you need to do to keep yourself sustainable in this industry. And if you take it serious, I'm telling you, man, you can do some really good things. Uh, and you'll be the next big star on the leaderboard. You can obtain your dreams. One yes, step, you can. But it's one step at a time, and it's a long process. How long have you been playing DFS for, Chief? Oh, man. I mean, it's 2021. I, I would probably have to go back to around, oh, my gosh. Seriously, it's probably getting close to 10 years, man. Getting close. Yeah. yeah. Close, close. Yeah. I mean, I think it was, I want to say, man, I, I, I started with these guys at, at a company called ADP. I didn't work for ADP, but I was in Charlotte. And uh, let, let's go maybe eight years. Let's, let's go eight years. That's pretty close. Let's, let's go eight years. Yeah, I would say I started dabbling years ago like like spring of 2013 like at the tail end of draft street anybody remember draft street that, that that's about when i was in like draft street was on the way out DraftKings, you know i think DraftKings and FanDuel had, were like big but not as big as they are now you know what i mean yeah. like right that fantasy aces was still around if anybody remembers that um, oh yeah of course yeah so that's what i'm saying like that that's kind of the that that spot I was in, but I didn't really start turning the corner and grow enough to like put things I was learning and researching some of the best players and using some good tools until like 2016, man. So it took me a good two plus years of, of really hunkering down and you know, putting a lot of my extra time into what I'm doing to feel comfortable. You, you will learn so much and you could talk to the best people every day. You could listen to this podcast every day. And I hope we give you some good nuggets as chief would say, but if you're just starting until you fully understand the scope of everything from contest selection to what kind of values and ownerships, and it's going to take you, I would say minimum a year if you're serious, right? Till you, if you put a ton of time in, I mean, it's not going to happen overnight guys. But Roto Grinders is here to help you out. And, you know, DM Chief, DM me. 
you know, we'll always point you in the right direction whenever we have time. Like, well, you know, if you want to talk some food, throw some food ideas too, by the way. We'll get to that at the end. But yeah, man, it, it, it's, it's crazy to see how far things have evolved. And as sports keep changing, so will uh, the adjustments you need to make with your own game and in, in uh, creating some lineups for sure. All right, here's, here's, yeah, a, here's, here's a game for you. We have some games to talk about yet. Yeah. Is Detroit playing people or not tomorrow? They're taking no, out. Uh, they're out again. Uh, everybody's out except the, the guys that we're used to. Here's, here's the caveat, though. Hamadou Diallo is doubtful, and Josh Jackson's already ruled out. No Rodney Magruder, no, no Jeremy Grant, no Dennis Smith Jr., no Mason Plumley. It's, 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 I mean, it's open season with with uh with Detroit here playing Memphis. I mean Frank Jackson's already priced up to fifty two hundred. He's gonna play big minutes in this game now. Corey Joseph isn't playing either. I would say the Flyers probably Saban Lee. Like does Saban Lee get to twenty five minutes now? Killian Hayes was already playing thirty minutes or close to it. Does he get thirty minutes? I mean, they're down bodies. They they yeah. don't have anybody. This, this is it. So uh I mean this is it's very interesting like I almost feel like I may have to play Sadiq Bay because I know he's got 40 point upside and yes he's 6400 and yes he's priced up but he's got stable he played 38 minutes against Charlotte just didn't score the ball Uh, last couple games here against Dallas 18 points Uh, Charlotte before 22 points Orlando, 26 points. He scored seven points against Charlotte. If he hits 26 points, he's right back getting close, closer to that 40-point area we saw. I'll take 40 for 6,200 on this slate for a guy that I know is going to play Luch. He's played 38 minutes. I, I, I'm going to have to get involved here with Sadiq Bey. Uh, Sekou Nuboy is back in our lives. He's play, he played 30 and 33 minutes, 27, 29. I'm not as excited about him. Um but Isaiah Stewart, minutes were down against Charlotte, but we'll see. I mean, I, I, he's, yeah, he's 5,800. Like, I, they're playing Memphis. I don't like Memphis. I don't like the tempo. But even though I don't like the tempo, the, the, the problem is these guys are going to have eight bodies. And so the lack of tempo is going to be made up by the opportunities that the Detroit Pistons get. And I'm going to give you my little caveat and I'll shut up and let you talk, Luch. But here's my philosophy. And I feel like my philosophy is pretty spot on. When you've got a team with lack of with a lack of bodies, firstly, it doesn't matter how bad they get blown out. They're still all going to play their full complement of minutes. Secondly, when they're playing a team that has a full complement of players, at some point, the Detroit starters are going to overlap and be playing the bench anyway which is going to give them an opportunity to possibly have better scoring opportunities. So at some point in this game, John ja Morant's not going to be on the floor. Jonas Valanciunas isn't going to be on the floor. Um, uh, Kyle Anderson won't be on the floor. Dylan Brooks won't be on the floor. And it might look something like, uh, you know, uh, De'Anthony Melton and Desmond Bain and Justice Winslow. And while, and I, I'm not saying that these, and Brandon Clark, I'm not saying these guys can't play basketball. I'm saying that's not the starting lineup 
for the Memphis Grizzlies. And what will happen is the starters from Detroit will already be a little oiled up, Luke, right? They've already got some shots up. They've already been running up and down the court. They don't have to get in a groove. They're already in a groove. And even if they're down 10 points, 12 points, 15 points, guess what? The bench comes in and suddenly all their shots start falling. Why? They don't, they're not getting the same type of defense. They're not playing the same caliber of players. So that's my point. When you've got a team that's got eight bodies, they're going to play, play, play. And it doesn't matter what's going to happen. They're going to keep shooting. They're going to keep running. And eventually, they're going to ignite and put up some fantasy points. That's what we saw tonight in Houston. I mean, they just kept playing. Didn't matter if B was off the court. Didn't, didn't matter. They're going to keep playing anyway. Kelly O puts up 60. KJ puts up 45. I mean, that's what we get when we have a limited scope of bodies for a team. That's what I see here with Detroit. I don't like the matchup, but I don't care because they're going to get big, big minutes, especially with Diallo now being doubtful. All right, Luch, back over to you, my friend. Getting real passionate here. Good nuggets, man. Good nuggets. That was like a 10-piece. Ten 10-piece ten nugget and some fries right there. That was a lot of good stuff. We, we got to get our man, uh, you know, we're, we're talking about giving out giving out chicken pieces. Big Perk's handing out 60-piece wings every night. So uh, follow him on Twitter if, if you want some of those good good uh, lemon pepper dry rub uh, specials. I, I think Demboy is interesting. He had a really good game. And my bad on Sadiq Bay. I played him against Charlotte. That's why he sucked. I'm like the Sadiq Bay jinx. But got to go back to the well in situations like this. Do me a favor. Run me down a couple of some of these guys' prices on FanDuel. I'm just curious. Some of these Detroit guys. So Sadiq Bay is clearly the most expensive one. He's 64. Okay. And I'm not afraid, though. He's going to play 38 minutes. Okay. Like, he's put up 40-plus in two of the last three. I'm not years. arguing. I just, I, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. But oh, right. yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just making my case just if, in case someone was a little bit afraid of the price. Like, he's 64, he's going to play 38 minutes. He's put up 40-plus in two of the last three play him. Isaiah Stewart, 58. Yeah. And then we're going all the way down. Frank Jackson, 52. Okay. Killian Hayes, 5K. Sekou Dumboya, 4,700. Saban Lee, 37. And I'm only bringing up Saban Lee because I think he's going to have to get run today with the limited bodies. Let me ask you this. There are some price discrepancies here, and one of them is Domboya, who's 3500 on DK. Ooh. So let's play this little game I look for, and I, I kind of look for the same values. I'm generally speaking on both sides. So six times value at 3500 is 21 points. Can Domboya get there? He's going to play 25 to 30-plus minutes, probably. Probably 25, probably 28, yeah, 25 to 28. Can you realistically see him getting 21 DK points without any blocks or steals? I think he'll need at least one or two. Well, that's reasonable. That's reasonable. Yeah. So I'm interested. If I if he can get six times value with one block or steal, I mean, you know, he you, yeah. you luck into a couple assists. When you play 25 to 28 minutes, you luck into you luck into two to three assists sometimes. You know, if he has 10 points and eight boards kind of thing, <laughs> you know, you're talking, you're pushing, you know, 24, 25 DK points there with a couple yeah. blocks and steals. And that's typically what I'm looking for, too, on DK or FanDuel. When I'm getting guys in the 3K range, typically I want 25 with upside for 35. Yeah. And if they happen to hit 40, like, I'm just that, – that's just gravy. But I'm yeah. – me personally, I'm looking for 25 to 35 
That that's my range. And on yeah. FanDuel, which is a little higher than six to seven times value at, at 3K, 3,500 price range, because you're more worried about raw points on FanDuel with the position structures. A little bit more. So you gotta take raw points into consider you know, consideration a little more. So, like for example, if Demboy is power forward and there's a lot of good options at the structure there, you know, maybe you're a little less inclined to play him. If you think there's a huge gap in raw, po- you know, in raw points for that, if the upside of people at that position is a little crazy, but on DK where you have a utility and you have a PF, a SF and an F slot, you know, things are a little bit different here. So yeah. I'm with you, man. I, you know, Saban Lee's interesting because I love a guy who's going to be one of the primary ball handlers outside of Frank Jackson and Killian Nate. You know, it's going to be Hayes and then Frank Jackson will get a little burn, but Saban Lee will handle the ball on a good majority of sets here, especially if he plays in the second unit. I don't know where he's going to play. It doesn't matter if he's with the starters or second unit, he'll get enough touches. And, you know, then you talk about assist rates and having some more opportunities, not only scoring the basketball, but having some assists, you know, getting involved in the pick and roll game here or there. So at 3,400, I can totally see him hitting that six to seven times value mark and maybe even a little bit more on DraftKings. So I'm very much so interested in Saban Lee. And man, you know, it's late season NBA when you're saying names that make you want to throw up <laughs> that you're very much so interested in rostering. But here we yeah, are. Yeah, man. Sa- Saban Lee sounds like a Mortal Kombat character. <laughs> Saban Lee. That's what yeah, I, I Saban Lee. Yeah. Anyway, uh, let me say this. I will say out of the value group, though, I do think Frank Jackson is my favorite target. Yeah. Frank Jackson is probably going to take and I know I said this before, but I like guys that are just going to get shots up. He's going to be yakking uh, in this game. No Josh Jackson, no Diallo. Frank Jackson's probably going to start unless they start saving Lee, which I doubt. I don't think they start saving Lee here. I think they start Frank Jackson with Hayes and, and, and Bay. He's going to take, I mean, listen, he's going to chuck. I said yak before. He's going to be chucking shots. I think Frank Jackson's probably my favorite. He's not going to have as many peripherals as Killian. Like Killian is more of the peripherals guy. Like you need him to get eight assists, three, four steals, you know, eight points, seven rebounds, which is still fantastic for his price. But Frank Jackson could legitimately put up 25 real points. And then everything else after that is going to be four or five rebounds, two or three assists, a steal, a block. And like, he's right there. For sure, man. You want the usage guy too. And I'm not scared of that 5,100 price tag with, with the way he shoots the basketball. I mean, looking at the last 10 games, his usage is hovering around a very respectable 22%, 23%, which is fine for Frank Jackson. And some of those games had some Jeremy Grants in there, had some Mason Plumleys in there, had a lot of Josh Jackson playing, had Diallo on the court. And those are all guys that are usage hogs. So I think that 22 to 23% usage is going to be a conservative number tomorrow. He's had games over the last 10. He had a 30% usage against Charlotte, 29 and a half against Dallas, 24 against Atlanta, uh, a couple 24s, 24 against Cleveland, 24 against Charlotte. So that usage bump will be more than 22, 23% tomorrow. Uh, it goes hand in hand with what you're saying about his shot attempts. Hey, you're missing Josh Jackson. You're missing these guys that put the ball up. You know, there's going to be 30 to 40 vacant shot attempts, generally speaking, open for these guys that are going to play 25 to 35 minutes tomorrow. So I think Frank Jackson's price is, is very much so appropriate and not somebody you're used to seeing in that 5K range. But yeah, um, I don't mind Saban Lee. I don't mind Demboya if you're looking for a big punt. But if you're looking for someone in that mid-range, and I do think Frank Jackson has a 6 to 7x upside at 5,100, he's going to take the shots and that's half the battle. Yeah, man, for sure. 
Uh, I'm good with this game, Lucha. I've got another game later on that I'm probably just going to not play at all. So once we get there, it'll be fairly easy. We can close this thing out because it's Cinco de Mayo and we got some GPP food to discuss. Which game do you want to get out of the way first? Uh, LA, uh, the, the Lakers and the Clippers. I'm just not touching that game. LeBron's out. I, I'm, I promise I'm not playing a single person from that game. I don't see the value in it. Uh, you know, if THT, I mean, he, he's he's GTD. I mean, let me let me get my injury report here. I want to make sure I'm reading this right. Contavious uh, Caldwell, Pope is probable. Uh, THT is questionable. Um, so, you know, m- maybe that impacts a little bit. All in all, man, I, I'm I'm not touching this game. I, I don't think there's going to be anything for us to do that that we would have to play. Like with AD back, he's 9400. Don't really care about that. Drummond's they're still limiting his minutes. This game is just a full blown scratch off for me. That's fair. I'm looking at some of these price points. 4100 for Caruso is a little bit too much for my blood. You know, if Anthony Davis for some reason doesn't play, then I have mild interest in going Harrell at 4,500. That'd be yeah. interesting. Uh, but we don't have any news on AD. So if AD's in, I'm out on a lot of these. I mean, we've got, I've got him at probable. I'm, I'm on the official okay. injury report from 830. Like, we, we've got him as probable. All right, so let's backtrack and talk about a more interesting game. And I know it's a sore subject for us, but are we going to see some negative recency bias with our good friend Karis LeVert? Because, listen, listen, they're playing Atlanta – they're playing Atlanta, and if these same guys are out, if Brogdon's out, if Jeremy Lamb's out, if Miles Turner's out, if Sumner's out, Jakar Sampson's out, I'm yeah. willing to go back to Levert, who might be at even more of an ownership discount on Thursday than he was at when, on Wednesday. And he's in a great situation, great matchup. Can you disagree with anything I'm saying here? No, no, no. I, I'm right back to the well. If those guys are out, now I've always said once Brogdon comes back, and I was like, no way I'm playing Karis Levert at 8K plus with with Brogdon. But if everybody's out again, I'm right back on Karis Levert, and I'm possibly right back on Demonis Sabonis at 10.5. That's pretty expensive. But we've seen 60 and 70 with those guys out. He played 37 minutes against Sacramento. Just almost got there. Put up 46 fantasy points. Uh, uh Luch. Almost got there in what was an awful game. This game was awful, and he still almost got there. Imagine if he, he's dialing up the upside. I'm right back to the well here. Yeah, I, I I hear you. I hear you loud and clear. Now, let me say this. The only reason I'm considering Trey Young from Atlanta is because he's now 8,600 on this slate. 8,600. You know how we feel about this, Luch. We talked about it with Dame. A few, we've been talking about it with Dame, right, for the past two weeks. Don't be fooled. Once the field goal percentage was, was going to come up on Dame, his, his point totals were going to be through the roof. Don't look now. Dame's dropping 50 spots for 8 and 9K. And I, I haven't done a deep dive into Trey Young yet. But my point is this. Clint Capella's fantastic on this slate as long as he gets the minutes. He's 8K. I like that price point on him. But I don't really want to play anybody else from Atlanta now besides him or Trey. Don't even want to play Bogdanovich. Uh, and he's been fantastic. But at 7,400 with this team as close to full strength as they're going to get without Cam and without Cam Reddish and, um, and DeAndre Hunter, I'm just not interested. But I'm very interested in Trey Young and on FanDuel at 8,600. He's probably going to be very high owned on this slate because of the potential upside he possesses at this price point. And we can take that discussion. We talked about Damian Lillard and a couple podcasts ago for you guys who are regulars and how 
the last month he shot about 38% from the floor, but the shot attempts were there. And he's a guy who keeps firing every night. Boom, back in a groove. Look at him now. And he was damn near 8K flat about a week ago. A week ago. And we played him. Well, I was playing him every day. It's all good about a week ago. <laughs> so here we are. And hey, in a nutshell, in like a micro look here, you can make the same argument for Karis LeVert if all these guys are out. He took 18 shots in 29 minutes against the Kings. Yeah, it was brutal. It was horrible. He was 5 for 18 from the floor. He doubled everyone else's shot put. If you give me a, a competitive game with 40 minutes, look at Levert's log. You'll see it. He'll shoot 25 to 30 times. And if he's on, look out. Look out. I'm going back to Karis Levert tomorrow if the circumstances are similar to Wednesdays, despite the heartbreak and the tears and the tissue box and the soapbox. I'll go right back to Karis Levert. His ownership might be down a little bit because his price is up. His price is up. The algorithms know the situation. Why they won't price up DeLon Wright is beyond anybody. It's beyond anybody. But they'll price up Karis LeVert. Maybe because he's historically done it. Everybody flocked to LeVert last year when, uh, you know, he was the guy in Brooklyn. You know, it didn't exactly work out uh, in the beginning of the year with the Pacers. But I'm looking for the rebound tomorrow. Another guy, similar situation. Atlanta's been in a lot of blowouts lately. Capella's minutes have been down, but don't look now. Clint Capella went for 35 DK points in just 24 minutes against Phoenix when they lost by 32. His rebounds are there, you know, looking back against that blowout in Philly. Played 17 minutes. He had 15 boards and 11 points in 17 minutes, you know. 30 minutes against Chicago. 20 points, 11 boards. 35 against Portland. So that tells you right there they're willing to play this guy because every game is big. You play 35 against Portland. Didn't have the game you were looking for. But, man, he might have his way. He might have a 10-course meal against the Pacers inside if he's going up against a small ball Sabonis or Brissett or Goga without Miles Turner in there. Chief, you've been on You've been on it. The Pacers have looked horrible both sides of the ball. But, you know, Atlanta's nothing to write home about here, so there's a chance this thing's competitive. Yeah, for sure, man, for sure. I mean, I, I like it. Like I said, my, my big thing is Capella and Trey. That's it. I'm not playing anybody else from Atlanta. I'm with you. That's fair. That's fair. All right, so let's go OKC Golden State. You talk about MVP race. You talk about uh, Steph Curry, and it's good to see as good as he's been this year. I think he's surpassed everyone's expectations. He looks like, you know, elite five to six years ago. Steph Curry, like he never missed a damn beat. So they're going to play the Warriors here. And what do you got on Kelly Oubre? What's the official tag on him? We don't have – they didn't release their injury report today. Okay. At, at 8.30. They did, and they did not play, which makes no sense. At 8.30 p.m., come on. If, 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 it's, if the injury uh, uh, report is supposed to be out, please give it to us. They don't have anything submitted. Now, you we're going to get – nicely, too. They should give it to us. You were yeah. very cool. Now, now, we will get another one tomorrow at 1.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and we'll get another one at 5.30. But the 8.30, when you know you're playing the next day, just get it out for us, people. Thank you. Uh, but, yeah, so we don't, we don't have anything. I think, I think right now he is questionable. If I, if I had to say, I would say he's questionable. And he didn't play Monday or Tuesday. I would say he's questionable for this OKC game. Bottom line is this. Uh, in terms of OKC, we finally saw a marginal game from Moses Brown but he had six points and 17 rebounds. We can't play Moses Brown, people. Don't do it. Don't do it. Stay away. 
Darius Baisley has been fantastic as of late uh, overall. Uh, we'll see he's 6,500 on FanDuel. Um, I'm borderline there. Uh, Isaiah Roby at 52. I don't, I don't think we want to do that on this slate. Lou Dort at 53. That's the big one because he's questionable at 5,300. I, I would be willing to play Dort on FanDuel. Uh, Ty Jerome has been playing a few minutes, right? By a few, I do mean a few. And then Teo Maladon, he's been playing big minutes, but just we, we haven't seen the upside. Case in point, I don't really want to play anybody from OKC unless Lou Dort is in and maybe Darius Baisley. And then on the OKC side, this does feel like it could be a blowout in the making. I mean, on the Golden State side, uh, I do want to know what's going on. But Draymond is 7,900 on FanDuel now. So now we're getting close to where he's got to get us 45. Like, if he doesn't get 45, it's not worth it. I don't think it's worth it to play Draymond here unless we feel like a 50 spot is coming. Uh, OKC is bad, but I, I think I'll take my chances without Draymond. Kent Bazemore, 5,600. I can take it or leave it. He, he has a slight upside. But I think the big one here is Andrew Wiggins has been playing fantastic basketball without Oubre. At 7,400, I think he's safer than Draymond. Curry's 9,900. And while I do think – I think that's a fine play because he's been well over 50 or in the mid-50s here, and I think he can uh, replicate that against OKC. That's my analysis on this game, Luch. Over to you, my friend. I couldn't have said it any better. I really am not doing anything different with this one. I'm yeah. with it. If I'm multi-entering, sure, I'll have some shares of Curry. Not going crazy. If I'm playing single entry three max, unless there's some other news, I don't mind Wiggins' price at all, depending on what the position, you know, flexibility looks like on FanDuel, you know, 7,100 on DK. I don't mind it. I just feel like you can go elsewhere. Uh, and, and by the way, Russell Westbrook with a cool – 78 fantasy points tonight. That's three games in a row, 70 plus. I, j- I just want to point that out. I don't know how I played Curry over Westbrook today. Last three games, Westbrook 71, 75, and then a 78 spot tonight uh, against Milwaukee. I, I just it, incredible. What more can you say about the guy? He's having an incredible season. Well, hey, we just stretched that bad boy out. That was fun. I'm glad we got some strategy in there and you know, some side stories and just how our come-ups were and how we approached things. So hopefully that was helpful. So GPP food of the day, since I won't get to talk to you again until Monday morning's podcast, what do you got on tap for me, Chief? Well, first thing is I knew Composo was going to have a good game today. I know I, I know I'm doubling back and double dipping into the DFS. Composo's at 45 right now in a massive blowout. Makes tons of sense, doesn't it? PJ Dozier's not playing today. So he had to play minutes. Uh at any rate, just 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 crazy, crazy, crazy slate. Uh it's Cinco de Mayo, right? And I'm gonna keep it simple today, Luch. I'm gonna keep it simple, folks. We want to hear from you, and I'm going to tell you what my favorite is. We want to hear about your favorite taco. Like, let's let's just talk about tacos. Now, I'm more of a hard shell taco guy, but Luch, I'm simple. I want un unreal seasoned beef. I want the beef seasoned like your mama made it. Right? I mean, I I want the fantastic season. Let's get some cumin in there. Let's get some a little bit of pepper in there. Let's get some a little bit of garlic. Let's get it going. I, I want the flavor. I want my taste buds to explode. And then what I want, Luch, is a nice layer of salsa on top. Chunky salsa, too. And then I want a bed of cheese. I'm talking about shredded, you know, cheddar and Monterey. I I want the cheese shredded. And then I just want it to hit my mouth 
and just have great affection uh, uh, for the taco that I'm eating right now. Folks, get, hit us with your favorite taco. That, that's me, Luch. I'm simple. Cinco de Mayo. Let's have tacos, people. Let's have tacos. I'm with you. I think we talked tacos a couple weeks ago, but I, you know what? I like to mix it up. You know, you have your traditional ground beef at home. Every now and then when I'm at home, I'll make chicken ranch tacos, grab you know, some shred, make some shredded chicken, get some ranch seasoning. Uh, it's, it's, it's a good change of pace when you're at home. If I'm out somewhere, man, I like it all. I'm a, I'm a big taco guy. I like meat. We look at us. We both like meat. No secret. We like to eat. Hey man, some places have some brisket tacos, pulled pork tacos. And I know it's not your traditional, but you start getting into the barbecue realm a little bit and yeah. things get interesting. And man, yeah. I love that stuff. Let me give you, I'll give you a tidbit though. Um, I know you, I know you're not a big drinker, but there's a place called Plaza Azteca, a chain Mexican uh, restaurant. Very good. I don't know if there's any by, by, by you or not, but the food is very good. I'm lucky to be sandwiched between two of them within 20 minutes each way. And we went there uh, last week. So if you ever been to a Plaza Azteca, let me know if you disagree. But they have a, and, and listen, I'm not much of like a frozen drink guy i'm pretty pretty traditional dude i you know i like domestic beers and mixed drinks you know i'm from pennsylvania i drink whiskey every now and then i'll drink some gin whatever i I mean i don't think i'm a hillbilly but you know i'm in i'm in on the whiskey and coke thing that they do around here i'm in but we went out with a couple people and they said you got to try a bulldog margarita and i'm like i don't know i'm not really usually about the margarita life but you know long story short they bought me one and what it is is a huge margarita i don't know how many ounces it was i could probably look it up but the cup was like half the size of my head and what they do is they have like this little holster thing on the margarita cup and they put a corona in and dump it in upside down i've seen it i know exactly what you're talking about i don't drink but i've seen it in the restaurants yes i know what you're talking about so you're basically having a margarita and a corona in one shot i had three of those in about 60 minutes the women kept talking so i said bring another Long night for your boy. It was a long another night for one. your boy. Another one. Another one. Another one. But DJ yeah, hope, hope everyone enjoyed. Another one. Listen, man, I'm, I'm going I'm to crank out one more thing here. Listen, I went to a restaurant called La Paz or La Paz. Uh, I, I do want to pronounce it correctly. But uh, listen, man, I had one of the best dishes I've, of, of, uh, of Mexican food I've ever had in my life. It was uh, a dish. It was uh, a seasoned grilled chicken like a grilled chicken breast covered in, in queso. Oh, and, on, oh. and, and on top of that, crumbled chorizo sausage. Now, you guys know chorizo is my favorite. Like, I, I love chorizo. But that was the dish over a bed of rice. Woo! Made my head explode. It was insane how good that was. Uh, and I, and it, to me, it's better than Texas rice. But I do like Texas rice. If you don't know what Texas rice is, it's rice. You, they put beef, shrimp, and chicken in it, peppers, onions, and they cover it in queso. That's Texas rice. Really good stuff. But I'm telling you, that 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 um, I guess it would have been a polio con queso uh, con chorizo. <laughs> that's pretty good, man. Yeah, I think that's probably what it was. Anyway, guys, you know, we wanted we wanted you guys to tell us about your favorite Cinco de Mayo. So maybe we don't have a lot of Hispanics that listen, but we'd like for you to come on by the Bubble Brothers podcast and hang out with us. And I think Luch is probably going to close us out. Luch, it's been fun, man. I hate hate to hate to not be here with you tomorrow, but you know, 
you know what's going on. Yeah, for sure. Have fun at the hoops game. By the way, one more plug. Anybody in the Lehigh Valley area, there's a really good Mexican restaurant in Bethlehem called Tulum Restaurant. If you've ever been there, give me a shout. I know I have some local people in the area that tune in. So let me know what you think about Tulum in Bethlehem. And I hope everybody had a good holiday. Chief, I won't see you until Monday's podcast. Dre's going to be filling in. It's going to be awesome, guys. It's going to be good to drag it on the morning grind. Uh, maybe for the first time this season. Not sure, but uh, definitely first time with one of us on the morning grind. So it'll be cool to get his input. But, yeah, Chief, you got any uh, any score predictions for the Hornets game on Thursday while you're there? How, what do you got for us? Uh, Hornets 108. Uh, no, let's go Hornets 112. Bulls 104. All right. We're just getting the dub. I like good karma. Good karma heading in to Thursday. So thanks again, Chief. And once again, go check out Super Draft. They got an awesome free roll for the Brooklyn-Dallas game. Single game mode on Thursday. So go ahead and check that out. Promo code GRINDERS, G-R-I-N-D-E-R-S. So for the Chief Will Priester, I'm the Luch Justin Carlucci. Have a great day and good luck.